Matthew chapter 4. Go there in your Bible, and uh, we'll bring our keyboard player back. By the way, this is the strongest, biggest keyboard player in the history of church. This is like security slash linebacker slash former NFL Ram slash keyboard player. Make some noise for our keyboard player. This guy is a living legend. <laughs> like, why do I shame our keyboard player for being so buff, right? Jealous. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, go to verse 18. And it says this, and it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. I love this story of Matthew chapter 4 of Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees a first set of brothers and says to them, they're in their occupation. They are in doing their craft, doing what they're good at. And Jesus says to these two brothers, follow me. Now they immediately leave their nets and their occupation and they follow Jesus. Then Jesus encounters two other brothers, another set of brothers, the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee's the dad. And he says to them the same thing that he says to these two brothers. He says to these two brothers, and he says the same words, follow me. Now, it says, actually, Mark chapter 1, verse 20 says the account that when they heard the words of Jesus, follow me, they actually leave their dad in the boat and follow Jesus. You know you got to be excited about something when you leave dad to do the work and you out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you remember being a kid and somebody hit you with a text, we're going to go play at the park, and you were like, shoot, dad, I'm out. <laughs> Deuces, we gone. We going to the park. So these guys leave their dad, they leave their father in the boat, and they, they follow him. We've been starting this year off with a series called Faith Forward Future. Anybody been encouraged by this series, by the way? Anybody been encouraged by Faith Forward Future? We've been talking about having faith in God, that faith is not an object that's obscure. Faith is a person. His name is Jesus. We have faith in this guy. His name is Jesus. We have faith in God to move forward out of our past, out of all the things we've done wrong, out of all the stuff we used to do and used to be, we have faith to move forward into our future. What is future? Future really is your God-given potential. Future really is the destiny or the dream that God has for you. The future really is what we're praying over Maverick and Winston and baby Viv and baby Liv today, that they have a future. Come on, anybody excited about the future? Come on, anybody excited about what's to come and what's going to happen? No, we don't just want to have faith for today. We want to have hope for tomorrow. We don't want to just have faith in what, what's, what's going to go on on this Sunday. No, I believe that our best days are in front of us. I believe that your glory days aren't behind you. Your glory days are still in front of you. Come on, I believe in that old saying, the best is yet to come. Anybody agree with that today? Come on, anybody excited about the future? Just put your hands together and make some noise. Come on, we've had some coffee and a few worship songs. Come on, just make some noise if you're excited about the future. Faith forward future. I want to pray that God would speak to us. Right down before we pray over the message, here's the title of this morning. It's called Faith for the Future. Faith. you got to have faith for the future. You have to have faith 
for what's to come. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, one more time, we bow our heads together as a community. We acknowledge that you are good and gracious. You are kind and generous. God, today we believe that if you are for us, who can be against us? We say that we believe in your plan and we believe in who you are. Give us grace today to understand your words. Open up our eyes so we can see your son. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. We love you more than life itself. And God, we are praying earnestly, Lord, that the Lakers would come in last place so we do get the first pick. And God, send Kevin Durant to Los Angeles in Jesus' name. And we all said together. I'm going to need a little bit more faith than that. And everybody said together. Anybody got faith for KD? Come on, somebody. We're going to need to pray together, and we're going to keep the fast a little bit longer, from 21 days to 40 days. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you're this type of person. This is like the polar opposite of my personality. I'm not this type of person. So I'm just, let me just kind of give a disclaimer first. This is not me. I am not the person that is the super, uber, duper planner-er. Anybody know, anybody have a friend that is the planner person that just loves to make plans, loves to, you know, like these people scare me. These people intimidate me. These people is my wife. I just, I can't relate with them very much because my wife is the planner. Like I was never the dude growing up that had the ability to make a five-year plan. If you're here today and you can make a five-year plan, I am hashtag jealous because I cannot make a five-day plan where you ask somebody say agree and say amen to that. I can't, I'm just, I'm not that guy. I'm not that dude. I can, I don't, if someone texts me on Monday, let's hang out on Friday. I have commitment issues. I don't know if I could do it. I just, I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Friday. I don't know what's going to be happening. Don't, don't try and box me in on Friday. It's only Monday. Am I preaching to anybody today? I just, I can't do it. I won't do it. I'm not the planner. I remember growing up, these people always freaked me out that they could like just call the future like it was just going to happen like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to graduate and then I'm going to go to college here and then I'll probably move over there and they'll probably grow up my hair long and then just, they, they know how to make all these plans. I remember when I was growing up in high school, I thought I had a little bit of an idea of my future. I thought I had a little bit of an idea of what I was going to do. I remember in high school, I made a little bit of plans because in ninth grade, they made you take a class in my high school to foretell your future of what you were going to do. It was called Pathways. Worst class ever. So in the class, I was in the class and I'm trying to make this plan. So I wrote down, this was going to be my future. Honest to God, I, give me a Bible. I'll put my hand on it. This is going to be my future. So my future was, I was going to be a DJ. Shoot, put me on the ones and twos, it's game over. Dude, Calvin Harris, where you at? Like, I would have killed it. I would have just burnt, burnt. Like, I would have just had the whole thing rolling, okay? So I was going to be a DJ, and then not only a DJ, I was also going to be a basketball coach. Could you imagine a DJ that was a basketball coach? Rick Patino on the ones and twos? Like, don't make me hit him with the John Calipari. Like, I thought I was going to be a basketball coach and a DJ, and then I wrote down who I wanted to marry. I put down, this is audacious, I put down on the piece of paper, Paper. I wanted to marry a blonde girl that was five foot four. That was my whole thing. I was going to be, and I said, she's going to be like Kelly Ripper. This is a, this is a whole thing. A five foot four, blonde girl, Kelly Ripper. And then God gave me even better. Hello. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, he did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but I, I'm the worst. I can't plan out my future. I could never sit down and schedule stuff out. I really believe that many of us today, we try and make a plan 
Try and write it down. Maybe it has to do with your 2016 resolutions. But can I encourage you today, no matter how awesome, no matter how many details, no matter how great you think your plan is, can I tell you today, God has a better plan. You can make all the plans in the world you want to, but God's ways and God's plans always trump your plans. You can sit down and you can do the best of your ability. You can try and plan your ways. But ultimately, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all that you say and do, and he will direct your paths. I really believe today that as we conclude this series, faith, forward, future, when we start talking about future, you need to understand something today. God has a future for you. In fact, write down number one. I'm going to encourage you with some thoughts today, but write down number one. You have a future. You have a future. And can I tell you, you have a future in two places. You have a future in heaven, and you have a future here on this earth. You have a future in two places. You have a future in heaven and a future on earth. So let's just establish this first. You have a future. Anybody excited that you have a future today? You got a future. God has a future for you. You have a future in heaven and on earth. So let's go to heaven first because heaven is the ultimate. Heaven is what we're excited about. Heaven's where we're going. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that we're getting the LA Rams and I'm excited that the Seahawks are going to go to the Super Bowl for the third year in a row. I'm excited that KD's coming to the Lakers, but more than those things, I'm excited excited for the gift of heaven. I'm excited that we're going there. Anybody excited that you're going to heaven? Come on, make some noise if you're excited you're going to heaven. Can I tell you, heaven awaits. Heaven is going to be the greatest thing. You and I, the Bible gives such little detail to heaven. The Bible does not describe all that heaven will give us when we get there. In fact, watch this verse here and watch how Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says this, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you realize what the Bible's saying? He's saying, really, nobody on this planet can even conceive what heaven has in store. Nobody here in this room today, it hasn't entered into our heart. It hasn't entered into our ear. It hasn't come into our mind all that heaven has. Can I tell you, when you get to heaven, there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more racism. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more sickness. I don't know about you, but this sounds like a pretty awesome place. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't have to stay here on earth, but I have the promise of everlasting life. I, I, we're going to walk the streets of gold. We're going to sit at the banqueting table. Oh, you think old country, old country town buffet is good. You just wait till you get to the banqueting table and you let God be the chef. We're going to get to heaven. Is anybody this morning excited about the promise of everlasting life? That's why the Bible says, one of the last things the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it says the spirit of the church, the attitude of the church says, come quickly. Why? Because this world is not our home. We are not citizens of this planet. We are citizens of a greater place, and it's the citizenship of heaven. We have friends that battle with, you know, uh, citizenship here in America, and they're always having to, you know, uh, one of them has to go to back to their homeland, and one of them will stay. And you know, they had a child that was born recently, and he got citizenship. And the battle of citizenship, we watch it in our friends. Man, can I tell you, there shouldn't be a battle within you about your citizenship. Your citizenship is in heaven. That is our home. That is where we'll be forever. That is where we will run and dance and laugh and be around. Come on, I'm excited for the gift of heaven. 
So the first thing you have to understand is that you have a future in heaven. But can I tell you, God's not going to wait for you to get up there so you can have a future. God here on this earth has a future for you here. You have a future on this earth. Watch Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. One of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. And watch how it reads. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It's so peaceful to know that I don't have to make a plan for my own life because God has already sat down and made a plan for me. I don't have to conjure and get strategic and be in a pathways class going like, oh, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to meet this person? How am I going to be a DJ and a basketball coach? Like, how am I going to get there? I don't know, but I'm going to get there. Like, we don't have to make our own plans because God already has a plan. you got to know this. Remember years ago, my parents in the Seattle area, they were building a brand new house. And so before they built the house, they were always pulling out the plans for this house and showing us the details of what they were building. And they would show us how the rooms were going to be laid out. And my mom would show us how the kitchen's going to work. And they would show us the living room. And, and their bedroom was going to have this huge window. And it was going to look out to the ocean. It was going to be a beautiful house. And they were so proud of the plans. They always brought out the plans. This is what we're building. This is what it's going to be like. This is how we're going to do it. Can I tell you, God has already already laid out the plans for your life. God has already laid out the details. The Bible says before you are born, God has already written down all of your days. God knows where he's taking you. He knows where he's leading you. He's the one with the plan, not just for heaven, but here on this earth. Is there anybody excited today that the pressure is not on you to make up the plan, but God has a purpose? God has a destiny? I think we can give him a little bit more than a golf clap if you're thankful that God has the plan. God has the plan. He knows where he's taking you. He knows what he's doing. You can make up your own plans of DJing and coaching, but God ultimately has the trump card. God ultimately knows what he's doing. So can I tell you, number two, write this down. Here's the key to success. The key to success is following Jesus. The key to success is in the follow. I was at a basketball game this last week, and DJ Khalid was at the game, and the key to success. And I, was, I got to meet him in the back, and I, and I saw him, and I said, hey, man, you know, just want to say thanks for inspiring people. There's something about somebody that can inspire people. There's something about someone that knows how to bring a little bit of inspiration to people's lives. And can I tell you, here's the key to success. The key to success is in following Jesus. That is the ultimate key to success is in following God. Because when you follow God, that's when the plans begin to be revealed. When you follow God, that's when God can download everything that he's laid out for you. That's when God began to whisper in your ear, I'm, you thought you were going to go right, but I'm actually going to take you left. You actually thought these were the plans that you were going to walk in, but I've got a different future for you. When you start to follow God, can I tell you, all of Christianity is about following Jesus. You know that early on when the church first started, in the first days of the church, that we weren't even called Christians? Christians was not even our term. In fact, we were, we were called followers of the way because we were following not a way, but we were following the way, the way of God. We are followers. Can I tell you, all of Christianity is not just about believing in Jesus. It's about following Jesus. We got a lot of people that believe in God, but we don't have a lot of people that follow God. Think about the power of following Jesus. Think about what unlocks in your life when you start to follow God. Not believe in God, follow God. 
when you begin to make the decision, I'm going to follow God. He's going to be the leader, and I'm going to be the follower. We have a lot of people in this life that want to be the leader but don't want to be the follower. Following God says he's in charge. I'm just along for the journey. Following God says that's my guy, that's my leader, and wherever he goes, I go. Whatever he says to do, that's what I do. The key to success is following Jesus. When you start, think about this. The, the, here these guys are on the Sea of Galilee. There's two different sets of brothers. You got Peter and his brother Andrew, and you got the sons of Zebedee. Jesus says the same thing to both of them. He says to these two brothers, come follow me. He says to these two guys over here, now come follow me. Now let's just go with these two brothers because they came first. Let's go with Simon and Andrew. Simon and Andrew. He looks at Simon and Andrew and he says, follow me. Think about this. Simon Peter made the decision on the spot to drop his occupation, to drop his net, to drop what is comfortable and convenient and familiar to him. He lays it down and he says, I'm going to follow that guy. Do you realize that this guy had no idea what the future had? He had no idea. Nothing was promised to him. He, Jesus didn't look at him and say, Peter, if you follow me, I'm going to give you houses. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you a Laker championship ring. I'm going to give you the Rams. I'm going to give you coffee with cream. Nothing. He just said two words. He said, follow me. What was it inside of Peter that says, I do not know what it is about this guy, but he is better than what I'm doing. He is better than what I've been planning. He is better than anything I can conceive. They drop their nets and they start to follow. Let's just stay with Peter for one second. Watch Peter. Peter makes the decision to follow Jesus. For three years, he follows Jesus all the way around. Jesus is preaching. He's healing people. He's, he's taking care of people. After three years, Jesus dies for the, on the cross for the sins of the world. He goes back to heaven. Now, when Jesus goes back to heaven, watch this guy, Peter, the fisherman, the guy that used to be a fisherman with the nets and the fishes and the, uh, you know, all the gear and the boots and all that kind of stuff, and he smelled like trout and bass, that's him. When Jesus goes back to heaven, do you realize that Peter is the one that preaches the first sermon and 3,000 people get saved? All throughout the book of Acts, when the church starts, it's Peter that's being used by God to start the revival of the church that you and I are still enjoying today. Watch this in Matthew chapter 16. And watch what Jesus says to Peter before he dies on the cross. He says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Watch what he says to him. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Oh, watch this. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loosed on earth will be, will be loosed in heaven. What is he saying to Peter, this fisherman who decided to follow? He's saying, I'm changing your name today. You're not going to be Simon anymore. Now you're going to be Peter, and your name will mean rock, and I'm going to build my whole church on you, and I'm the gates of hell will not prevail against you, and you're going to be great, and you're going to be grand, and you're going to be used by God. Come on, it all started because a guy made the decision to follow Jesus. The key is in the follow stop trying to be leader over your life stop trying to be in control of your future stop trying to manipulate things and network things and try and force issues and you're over here thinking you could be a dj and a coach when you're actually called to be something else you're going to be miserable in the plan that you make for your life if you don't follow jesus and surrender the plan that he has for your life 
And many of you got to understand, sometimes God has you doing one thing when you're actually created to do another thing. But can I tell you, this thing you're doing right now, it's just transportation to your destination. It's just a thing that God's using to get you into your destiny. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that believes the key to success is following Jesus? Stop leaning on your own understanding. Stop making your own five-year plan. Start sitting with God and saying, God, I'm a follower of you. I'm, I'm one that says you are in control. I'm the one that believes that you laid out the plan for my life, and I don't care what I got to do for a season. I know I'm just, I'm following Jesus. I'm going to leave everything behind, no matter what I'm familiar with and comfortable with, what's been convenient, what made me popular or famous. No, I'm following Jesus. You know, that's the type of future that God has in store for you. A type of future that should be fought for. In fact, write down number three today. you got to fight for your future. There are no handouts in this thing. There are no easy solutions to your future. Sometimes you got to fight for what's important to you. you got to fight for your God-given potential. you got to have faith to move forward into your future. You know, I just, I, let me ask you a question. What is it that would cause you to get into a fight? What is it that, you know, would push your buttons where you're like, you know what, if somebody did that, I'm going to fight them right there, just on the spot. Like if someone talk about your wife, boom, fight them. If someone talk about your kids, boom, fight them. Someone talk about your mama, fight them. Just what is it that you know if this happens, somebody cut you off the freeway, are you going to get in a fight? The other day we were playing basketball at the park and we were having a good time. And, you know, it was early in the morning on a Saturday. Saturday morning, early in the morning. Ain't nobody got time for a fight on Saturday morning, early in the morning. But, you know, we're playing basketball and this guy thinks he's Michael Jordan and he started talking trash and he says some stuff and all of a sudden I look down and there's a fight breaking out. Well, I'm looking for our guys because if it's our guys, then I got to jump in. And I'm just telling you, this body was not made to fight, okay? I don't have anything that says fight in me. I, I got a mouth that fights. I'm loud. That's how I fight. Ah! You know, that's how I fight. You ugly, and your mama is too. That's how I fight. It's early in the morning, Saturday morning. Fists are about to fly. I'm running down the court thinking, please, oh God, I don't let this happen because I do not want to get in no fight. I know that I got one little punch in me and that's about it. <laughs> but I made the decision in my mind, if it's going down, I got to be one of the guys. I guess I got to fight. <laughs> Can I ask you, what would qualify for you to fight? What's worth it to you? Is it to defend your family? Is it to defend your reputation? Is it because someone said something about you? Or do you believe in your future so much that you're willing to fight for it? Because I believe that people that are totally convinced that God is for them, that God has a plan, that God has a destiny, that God has a hope and a future, I believe that people that believe that they're called for greatness, they always fight for greatness. They always say, I'm going to fight for my future. I don't care what I got to do to follow God. If I got to leave my dad in the boat, I'm going to go follow God. If I got to leave everything behind, I'm going to go follow God. I'm going to follow God and fight for my future. Sometimes you got to have a little fight in you. Sometimes you got to believe that God is so for you. They say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what's going on. If it's Saturday morning at 9 a.m., I'm going to get in a fight. Because you just believe in your future. Oh, I love Ephesians chapter 6. And the Bible starts to begin to describe about putting on the full armor of God. And it says, you know, you got to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. And it says, you know, put on the belt of truth and put on the Yeezy boosts, you know, gospel of peace and all the stuff that you put on from eBay, whatever. 
But you know what it says? It says, take up the shield of faith. Read this with me, Ephesians chapter 6. Watch what it says. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Wait a second. Are you telling me there's somebody out there trying to shoot fiery darts at my family, at my future, at my calling? Please let me give you an FYI. There is a real devil who is out to attack you. There is a real enemy that doesn't want you to step in your future. There is a real Satan that wants to keep you from following God. And when the fiery arrows that he throws at your way, you're going to have to use some faith. They say, I don't care what you throw my way. I got faith to move forward. And I'm going to fight for my future. And I'm gonna, I got a shield of faith. I got a sword of the spirit. I got a breastplate of righteousness. Come on, is anybody up to get into a fight today? Anybody feel like fighting for the future? Come on, give them a shout of praise today if you believe that your your future is worth a fight stop bowing down to a few fiery arrows stop capitulating to the attack of the enemy stop bowing out just because you're under attack can I tell you that the arrows that the enemy throws they ain't nothing like they're like some nerf arrows we go to people's houses now, and people love those, those Nerf guns, and they load up on those Nerf guns, and they got, you know, a limitless bucket of all the, the, the arrows that they throw at people, you know, shoot at people, and you load up your, your gun, and you run around the house, and you shoot people. And can I tell you the reason why you do that in the house is because it don't hurt. The reason why you do that because it's not going to mess with nobody. The fiery arrows of the enemy can't touch you when you got a shield of faith. They can't touch your kids. They can't touch your calling. They can't touch your future because you know you got a shield of faith. Come on, anybody willing to get into a fight and know that your calling is big enough that you should be fighting for it? Come on, one more time. Give God a big shout. So this is what I want you to do. You got a future in heaven and earth. The key to success is to follow Jesus. You're going to have to fight some things that want to kill your future. But can I encourage you with these last these last two, two thoughts. Here, here it is. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come right now. Here's, if I were you, this is what I'd do. All you really need to do today is just sit there, smile, and laugh. Just smile and laugh. Ain't nothing better than someone with a good smile. Ain't nothing better than someone that's ear to ear, man. Smiles are contagious. Look at somebody next to you. Just give them a big old whopper smile. Just smile. Just ear to ear. Just a big old smile. Try somebody you haven't talked to yet. Look at them and smile. Just give them a big smile. Nothing like a big smile. And, and, and don't you love a good laugh? I love someone that has a good laugh. Not one of them super annoying, what are you doing right now laughs. Not one of those, the whole restaurant can hear that laugh. I'm talking about a good, you know a laugh that makes you laugh? You know a laugh that when they start going, you start going? You don't even need to know what the joke is. I'll find out later. If they laugh and I'm laughing. I don't even understand the joke, but that's so funny. <laughs> Last night I was putting my son to bed. He's in his crib and we say our prayers together and I just decided to mess with him. So I reached down and I started to tickle him and He's got his beak in his mouth, but he's like, <laughs> and I don't know why it made me laugh, so I keep tickling him. He's laughing, and I'm laughing, and we're just laughing. 
smile and laugh. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 25. It says that the Proverbs 31 woman, she looks at the future, she laughs. Proverbs 31 is not written about a woman. It's written about a type of church. And the Bible says, watch this, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Why can she laugh at the future? Why can she smile at her God-given potential? Can I tell you the key is in the beginning of this verse? Did you see what the Bible said? She is clothed in strength and dignity. Strength, God's protection and God's provision. Dignity, God's identity. So she is clothed. You are clothed in the provision of heaven and in the identity of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I just felt like you need to have some faith to go forward in the future. You ought to sit today and smile and laugh because you know you don't got to make up a plan. God has already gone into your future. He has already numbered your days. He has already gone before you. And I just say to you today that if God be for you, who can be against you? I say you ought to laugh. You ought to dance. You ought to smile. Oh, come on, church. Stand to your feet. Let's worship Jesus.